and welcome to uh, another episode of Simply Connected with Data Projections. I am Chris Mitchell, and I'm here today again with uh, Sandy Hill, my partner in crime, and uh, we've got a special guest with us as well uh, today, one of our, our sales team uh, members, James Barrowie. Um, James is our uh, one of our education team members out of our Austin office, and uh, say hello, James, and tell us a, a little bit about yourself. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And I am about a 15-year veteran uh, in the technology space. And I um, have been working with the technology for a number of years and looking forward to chatting with y'all. Yeah, uh, it, we are excited about having James with us. He's been with us about six months or so, and uh, it, he's just been a great addition to us here at Data Projection. So the topic that we're going to talk about is the major components of an AV system. In the past, we've talked about, you know, some of the displays and interactivity and, you know, how we go about doing some of the day-to-day -day stuff as a salesperson in AV. Um, but today, we're, it sounds like I think we're going to try to do something about the actual components of an AC, AV system. So I'd like to start with a fun lightning round, posing some questions to you both. And I want it to be a lightning round. I'm going to ask the question and I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, we'll start with Sandy and then Chris, you give your answer. So uh, what if Sandy, I have the same want, answer as Sandy though? Then, you then, can't choose the same answer. I can't choose the same answer as Sandy. <laughs> so, okay. So, I mean, I, I okay, go. Sorry. <laughs> Sandy, what is the one single most important component of an AV system? I personally feel it's control. The way that the room is being utilized and how the, people in the room use the system chris so i would probably i i would probably say the the displays or projectors or something like that like what is it that the people in the room are are seeing the content on um because without that there there is no video okay you guys both got that wrong we're going to move on to the next question <laughs> <laughs> okay so, uh, Sandy, choose one if you had to, a projector and a screen or a flat screen display? Flat display, uh, just the quality. Chris, what about you? Projector and screen or flat screen well, display? I'm going to say the, the, the flat panel display as well, too. Hopefully that's okay that I said the same answer. Oh, you guys are into the flat screen. It's very interesting. Sandy, what's more important, audio or video? Ah, well, I'm a... I'm a I'm an audio and video learner, but I would say video. Chris, so audio or you video? Asked, you asked that question, and it makes me go back and maybe want to rethink some of the stuff from that first question. But I'm going to say audio, um, and I say that because if it's a, a classroom or something where you're teaching, uh, if a student can't see the displays but can still hear the speaker and the teacher, um, they can still learn. But if they can't hear anything, even though they can see stuff, they have no clue what the person's talking about. So I'm going to say audio. False. You guys actually both got that wrong as well. The correct answer <laughs> is lighting. The most important <laughs> component of an AV system is the lighting. Everyone knows that. Come on. Oh, All right. So that we've, was got, an option. We've, got two, we've got two fans here of, of flat screen displays and sound. So one more lightning question um, with audio then, since you said audio is the most important. What's most important, a microphone or a speaker? 
Okay, your questions are kind of confusing to me because, I mean, don't we need both? Okay, microphone. I'll, I'll bite. Okay, thank you. Chris, microphone um, speaker. I'm going to say speaker because it doesn't matter if you have a microphone if there's not something for it to come out of. Oh, right? Wonderful. But if you don't have a microphone, yeah. there's nothing go that's going to come out anyway. And I'm just going to throw this out for those of you who are listening, you know, as James is asking this, we're, we're recording this over Zoom and James is like taking notes to our answers. So I'm just a little nervous here. That's all I'm saying. Um, no, this is all just for the sake of conversation and, 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 and good fun. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's a fun conversation because it's, it's the chicken or egg um, dilemma, right? Microphone yes. or speaker. I, I would say microphone. It's, um, you know, when you think about an AV system, junk in junk out so if you if you start with a good quality capture then you should be able to deliver that good quality um data but if you don't have a good microphone to capture good sound to begin with you're certainly not going to be able to amplify anything good um but i want to move on to my next question for you both um let's get a little nostalgic here let's reminisce um what is your favorite av system ever sandy what comes to mind do you basically mean something that I've actually installed? No. No, oh. anything. Anything. Yeah. What's like just the coolest AV system ever? Um, maybe a movie theater? Yeah, right? Absolutely. That's, that's I mean, as a consumer, that, that's a really exciting AV system. You know, I think, you know, thinking about that, too, I, I would say there's the first time I walked into a movie theater, at, you know, whenever that was, that the whole THX audio thing happened and they, they that, you know, whatever would happen in the room and you could feel the audio in the room um, for whatever, you know, action movie or whatever it is you were watching. That was always the first time that I experienced that I can still kind of, you know, that's I remember that being really, really cool. Um, but. You know, if we're really being nostalgic, I'm going to say at a friend's house of mine as a kid, um, they had the satellite dish outside that was the size of like four cars. And they had a um, the, the reverse projection flat, big, huge monster display um, that was just, I mean, you know, horrendously huge, um, you know, both just the size, but also the depth of that thing. Um, but it was a big screen tv it was you know uh, in our mind it was probably only about it was probably only about 55 inches but man that thing was huge and we loved going over and watching and games and stuff on my friend's house and so that was maybe something for me absolutely i love i love what you both said and you know the movie theater is so special and there was nothing cooler than going to the science museum and seeing the imax movie and the opening part where they like change the lighting and you see all the speakers embedded into the screen and yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, it's gone crazy from there. Um, and I want to conclude my little opening lightning round with y'all. Um, let's talk a little bit about what cool new AV systems are you all seeing out there now? What is really getting you excited? Cause we're thinking about the cool movie theater experience, the cool satellite dish, Chris, that you were just talking about at your friend's house. What, what's competing with that right now in this space? What's really cool out there? Uh, my probably my favorite new thing right now is the Lou Interactive Playground because 
I love the fact that it takes different learning modalities and combines them for a student to actually, you know, have tactile learning and the audio is there and the video is there and they're throwing balls at a wall that has content. And it seems a little magical because I still honestly cannot figure out how that camera can detect where on the wall those balls hit. It's very fascinating to me. Yeah, and, and cool. having just um, had that at a, that device at a at a show recently and playing with it a lot, that makes me think. I mean, I'm right there with you on that one. But um, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna be a little bit different, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go with you know some LED video walls, um, some of the direct view LED video walls that you can do where you can have just content, um, all kinds of content you know, up on these displays with all kinds of stuff. And it can be, you know, digital signage content. It can be presentation content. It can be video uh, from cameras or video conferencing or Zoom or whatever it may be. And it can be whatever shape or size that you want it to be. Um, because with some of these manufacturers who are doing this, we can say, hey, we want it to be the shape of, you know, uh, this logo. And, and we can do that. And we can have content that's being pushed to that. Um, and, and seeing where those displays are being put um, is really pretty cool, whether it's in, in meeting rooms, conference rooms, digital signage stuff, the esports arenas, the, you know, all kinds of things. That's, that's, I think, one of the cooler pieces that's out there. That's very cool. And it's interesting, you just mentioned esports, because that's what I was going to share. I think it's one of the more emerging interesting components of av systems right now in in esports and i just attended um, a virtual conference on esports and they talked a lot about how traditional athletes it is their performance that you view but when it comes to esports it's the gameplay that you view and so audiovisual technology comes to such prominence in this arena where the gameplay needs to be amplified correctly, displayed correctly. It needs to be immersive and prominent. And I think that's a really exciting um, concept for us is, is where gameplay needs to be so prominent. It is the display, it is the presentation of this. So technology is gonna be um, crucial um, I'm in that space. And, and Sandy, I love that you mentioned the Lou. Uh, and one cool thing that the Lou does is uh, it, it uses lighting. Um, um, which, as I mentioned earlier, lighting is the most important component of an AV system, right? Um, the loo is really cool because it does create an immersive space. You can put that loo in your library and change color and change lighting. And I think it really um, transforms and, and captivates. So that is a cool, that is a cool unit. Um, but I think at this point, I'm going to hand, hand uh, the microphone over to, to you two. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about the components of an AV system. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So, so James, that was fun. I appreciate that because it really did get me thinking, and I, I second guessed myself on a couple of those as we went through it. But, um, but so thinking through an AV system, right, and all the components that goes into it. You know, uh, Sandy, you mentioned control. You know, being uh, an important piece. I mentioned the displays, but then we also talked. I mean, the, the questions that you were asking, James. I mean, the microphones and the speakers, and you know, uh, and you know, what's the inputs? What are people plugging? How are people plugging things into it? You know, I mean, Sandy, what else can I mean? And, and James, what are other things that you can think of that go into 
some of our typical um, systems well, that we, we create. I think it helps to, I mean, and this helped me when I first started this job to put it into categories, you know, take your categories of an AV system, and then we can look at the different things. So like, you know, one of the first ones we talk about is video, you know, what are we what is in the room already? What would they like to add video components wise? So give me an example of a video component. Well, I mean, you could talk about your displays, right? Your, your projectors right? or your screens and, and all of that stuff. Right, right. So anything that is going to show content as a video. Thinking about things that show video, right? Because as we, I think you're right. I think about when we're creating some of our quotes, we break it up into, you know, video, audio, control, um, and, and hardware, mounting hardware and, and, you know, equipment for that. But, you know, the video piece doesn't necessarily have to be the displays and the projectors and the screens. Um, it's also what we are using to create content or create the, the stuff that's being sent to the displays. And, just now thinking through this and, and James, you using the word nostalgic makes me think about just even five years ago, 10 years ago, the different devices that would be considered an input into an AV system are completely different. I mean, think about it from 10 years ago. What are some of the AV components that we maybe would have put into an AV system um, for an input that maybe we don't do now? iPod. iPod. Yeah. I mean, people always wanted a, a, a 3.5 connection for an iPod, right? Um, what do we do now instead of someone wants us to be able to play some audio? Bluetooth. We have some level of some kind of a, a device that will allow us to bring Bluetooth and connect that to our sound system, right? What about, I mean, I'm looking at my laptop, right? You guys are too, but, you know, was it always a computer that was the main thing that was coming into it. I mean, what else did we have? I mean, I'm just, I'm fishing with you guys a little bit, but. I mean, are you starting to think about like when DVD it was DVD player? players or CD yeah, players? Yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, yeah. DVD players um, and the, the VCRs. I mean, I remember I, I've walked into a, a college classroom uh, not too long ago and there was a VCR still in the room. You think about, you know, before it was always like a, you know, if it was a, a dedicated system, you always had a big PC tower, right? That was stuck in a podium or something somewhere where now it's really more about, hey, we need to have laptop connections and we need to have connections that can be a HDMI or maybe USB 3.0, or maybe it's going to be DisplayPort, mini DisplayPort, all these kind of things for all the Apple devices that are coming in. Document cameras, you know, I think were huge as part of the inputs back in the day we still see them today but not nearly as much i don't think oh yes and, we do and you you know that chris you know that well, more than anyone there's there are educators all over that love their document cameras that is i think that is still a crucial piece no you're you're i think you're right the difference though is one the document cameras that go into larger av systems are not the same ones that were there about 10 years ago because the ones 10 years ago were these things called platform document cameras and they they weighed about 20 pounds and they were big and they had to have their own drawer or they had to have their own part of the table or uh, podium whereas for the most part a lot of times now they're much more smaller factor uh, smaller form factors um, but but there's also now 
the ability, and, and, and this goes along with one of the other inputs that we use now that we didn't use back then, but you have some kind of a, a wireless receiver device sitting in your, your, your AV systems that allows for you to do wirelessly, wirelessly presenting from laptops or, or iPads or iPhones or Android tablets or whatever it may be throughout your whole room, right? But a lot of those will actually allow you to turn your phone or your tablet into a document camera. And so now you're not necessarily having to have a camera to use that document camera. You can, you can think outside the box a little bit. That because, is true. A lot of people use phones or iPads yeah. as document cameras. They have those little devices to hold them up over yeah. there. And, and, the, um, and that, that wireless presentation device, I mean, and I've got, I can tell you that sitting in my office right now, I probably have at least three, if not four different manufacturers demo pieces here that, you know, I've been playing with that, that, and all of them do somewhat the same thing, but all of them really what they do is they allow one input into a system with potentially, you know, endless uh, number of inputs because you can have every student, every person in a room connect to it and present through it where before 10 years ago, man, if you wanted to have, you know, 20 people, 30 people to have the ability to present and share, um, you were talking about a, a really, really, you know, complex matrix switcher with HDMI cables running all over the place. Okay, you're going down a rabbit hole. Let's get back to this. Hold on a second. <laughs> so you went I, from I, video, video units, video um, components to sources. So now let's jump over to audio and we can do the exact same thing. So in an mm -hmm. audio system, we have various components and then we can talk about the sources for those as well. So audio components, rattle them off. I mean, microphones and playback. And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I guess I'm using the term playback for any kind of like program content. Yeah, program um, content, your... microphones. Um, and, and, but your microphones now can, can consist of, you know, ceiling microphones, uh, you know, wireless microphones, Dante, you know, network enabled microphones, all those kind of things. Um, but it, it can be audio from the far side for a video call and zoom calls or whatever it may be. But often we, we look at that as a program audio, like James said. So are you thinking of, uh, I mean, speakers, speakers, yeah. amplifiers, digital signal processors, which allow us to help do some customization and, and handle the echo and different things in rooms. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I liked where Chris was going, because I think ultimately what you were talking about, Chris, was legacy technology. And I think you were starting to get at something that I think is a very important component of a Navy system. And that important component of a Navy system is the current system, right? What is, what is currently there? And what are the opinions about that system? And do we need to design a new system that involves some of that old legacy technology as well as introducing some new technology? And what can we do to future-proof this new system? Can we, can we build a system that is involving some legacy technology that we still like and wanna use as well as take a step forward to a new system? And then what's the future proofing? Where do we go next after that as we phase the legacy technology out and take the next step? How does that system evolve and change? And I think, so I think that's a really important part of an AV system is that existing technology and our opinions about it. Because as we're talking about, that's very real. 
that is, that is very much what we're all dealing with um, on a day-to-day -day basis is new great emerging technologies, but also that integration with, with where we've come from. Right. I, li well, I like your thought process there. I do, but I would, the way that tech, okay, so from experience, and let's talk about as many times as we meet with customers to talk about, you know, an AV upgrade of any kind, what percentage of the time do they want to incorporate what we call OFE, owner furnished equipment that's already there? Now, the only point I want to make is that technology changes so much and so quickly. What is that? You know, how, what is that turnover? I mean, I agree with you, future proofing. We want people to be able to use something for a lot longer period of time to, to make sure that they're getting the biggest bang for their money, right? And when we first started selling interactive flat panels or flat panels in general, the number of hours that a flat panel can be used was so much more than a projector before a projector, you know, lamp went out or whatever. And also the life of a projector was shorter. So that was that was future proofing right there. But let, let's talk about this meeting with clients. How often do they want to keep the, the equipment they have or utilize equipment in their areas? Well, I think that comes down to sometimes about what they're, you know, how much, how much money they have to spend and how much they're trying to cover. I mean, if they're trying to, if they're trying to update 30 rooms and, and have enough money to, you know, it, update only one room, that's one thing, right? And that's maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but I think the, but the other piece too is, is a little bit about, you know, what technology it is that they have in there, because I remember and, and Sandy, you and I, I think we're both at this one training that we went to with one of our manufacturers where someone asked the question, you know, what's the, you know, what is the turnover these days? Like, what do you expect? How long do these manufacturers expect their hardware to last? And, and when do they think it's going to become obsolete? And the guy who was the trainer, who's been doing this for 25 something years said, you know, you know, he's like, well, about 15 or 20 years ago, you know, we used to say that this whenever they bought something that expect to use it for at least 10 years. Um, he said about 10 years ago, we switched that to, you know, well, five to seven years. And he's like, now I would be telling you, you know, three to five years. Um, and he's like, and, and, you know, I would, I would not be surprised in the next couple of years, basically that we're, we're expecting, you know, the, the new models of equipment to be so outrageously different every other year just because of the speed of technology right now is it so much that we're not going to be able to use stuff again i don't know sometimes that's the case because i can tell you we walk into classrooms and and meeting rooms and spaces all the time and people are like hey we want to keep using this and our my answer to people is you want to keep using something that's completely analog when really it's going to cost you more to integrate analog into a digital system than it would right. be just to do a digital system and replace it. And that's just where educating the people comes into play too. Correct, correct. A very important component of an AV system, which is the people, right? The people yeah. is who we're talking about is it's crucial. Going back to the, the question of what's the most important part of a system, right? If you're just looking at, at the ins and outs and, uh, and the, um, that, the cabling and, and all that stuff, then, then, you know, that's one thing, but an AV system, it, in my mind, includes the people who are going to be using it. And, you know, we need to know um, what their vision is for a room, what their mission is for the room. 
um, how do they intend to use it? Um, because I can walk into a room and I can have my own vision, but if it, if my vision and, and, and whatnot is completely different than theirs, then um, I'm just going to be spinning my wheels and wasting my time um, and wasting theirs too. And you always yeah. have varying stages of users in regards to their technology capabilities. I mean, when you're, when you're building a system as the ease of use for whoever walks in there is to me extremely important because, you know, you, you may have somebody who's a technology guru come in and probably can figure it out in no time, but those that come in and are not used to turning on a display and understanding the, how to wirelessly share those types of things, making it as easy as possible is extremely important. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to the title of this podcast, which is simply connected, right? How do we make it, you know, so simple for people to connect? Um, and that's, you know, going back to um, the three of us as people and we're connecting today, having a conversation, but also when you walk into a room, can I simply connect to an AV system to be able to do my presentation, to be able to, to share my, my vision and my mission or whatever that may be? You know, it, it's funny because we've, we've used the word future-proof quite a bit in the last, you know, five minutes or so. And one of the things I tell people, you know, when they ask about, hey, well, how long is this going to, this stuff going to last, you know, or whatever it may be. I'm like, you know what, it's going to last you for at least, you know, three, four, maybe five years, depends on how much you use it and, and whatnot. I said, but you know what, who knows, maybe in, in two or three years, we're going to be back here to having the same conversation. And I'm going to be telling you about some holographic phenomenal solution that has going to have, you know, stuff coming out of the ceilings and, you know, it's all going to be just popping up, you know, you're going to throw a disc on the ground and, and all of a sudden, you know, content's going to be coming and, and come to life in the room. Um, and, and when we see some of the, the AR, VR, 3D technology type solutions that um, we carry in the education market already, um, it makes me think, man, it's maybe not as far off as we think. And that's, and that's what's so fascinating and why we're all sitting here right now, right? Is because this is, this is truly fascinating and we're in such a special, unique place. And I know I feel very lucky to be, to be a part of this space because it is truly phenomenal, um, the technology, um, because, because you're absolutely right. Um, we are dealing with augmented reality and virtual reality and the Lou interactive gyms and projection mapping. But at the same time, vinyl records are a multi-billion dollar industry simultaneously <laughs> right now. Like they, that, that is both, those are both true. It's truly incredible. I would agree. Um, I would absolutely agree. I think that's, um, there's a, let's go back to nostalgia. There's a nostalgic feeling of listening to the sound of a, of a record. And it's, it's actually kind of come back. My daughter, 14, has a rec has been buying records and wants a record player just to learn about it, which is way off the topic, but it's kind of cool. Don't throw away your v VHS tapes yet. <laughs> so, my last set uh, melted in my attic at one point in time <laughs> now that so, technology i could do without having to rewind after every time you watched a video that one can go for good for sure so well james i want to thank you for um jumping on here with us today and uh getting some laughter out of us and and just kind of having fun with us too and uh you know just getting us to think about some of these questions that we talk about on a daily basis for our jobs, but thinking about them a little bit differently. And, uh, and we, we appreciate that. 
thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this was fun. Definitely. Yeah. So, so again, thank you for, for joining us for this episode of Simply Connected. Um, make sure that you are downloading, sharing, listening, whatever you do with your podcasts and whatever app that you get your podcast. So we appreciate you joining us and we'll see you next time.